You're listening to a podcast from St. Bart's. To find out more about our church or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au. Keep your Bibles open in Acts. Uh, you can flick back to Acts chapter 21 as we cover a few chapters this morning. There's an outline on the back of the news sheet as well if uh, that is of help to you. Uh, history is littered with incredible stories of courageous people. Uh, Right from a courageous tackle in the footy uh, to an act of courage of rushing into a building on fire in order to rescue family members or someone like that. Uh, I, however, was not a courageous child growing up. In fact, I distinctly remember being in school being petrified of jumping off a three-metre diving board in front of my schoolmates. Three metres is very high. Uh, But I was rather comfortable picking up a guitar and singing in front of the whole school because I knew the truth that I had practised well. I knew the truth that I was going to be relatively okay. See, knowing the truth can give people courage. Courage to do remarkable things. Knowing the truth about a situation can give you confidence going into it. And this is what we see Paul doing in these three chapters this morning. The truth of the gospel gives Paul the courage and confidence to walk even into the most hostile of places. It gives him the courage to speak plainly and openly in front of raging crowds, corrupt councils and pompous governors. It gives him the courage to act in such a way that is neither being a pushover nor being a bully, but simply resting in the truth of the gospel. He knows that the gospel is true, that Jesus has come and died for our sin and risen to new life. He knows that Jesus is Lord, and this then gives him the courage to walk even into a place of open hostility in order to win people over for Jesus. So we enter into Luke's account of the Acts of the Apostles uh, at a stage where Paul is on his way from Ephesus uh, through tears since he has developed deep roots with them and he's going from Ephesus towards Jerusalem. Uh, These chapters in Acts form a turning point on Paul not only being set on going to Jerusalem but also eventually going to Rome by the end of the book. But firstly, to Jerusalem. But there's a bit of a problem. People really don't want Paul to go. Paul is on his way there when, uh, chapter 21, verse 3. We landed at Tyre, where our ship was, was to unload its cargo. We sought out the disciples there and stayed with them seven days. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. Then verse 10, after arriving in Caesarea, Luke writes, "Uh, After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. All different types of people have been given revelations that Paul is going to be walking headlong into hardship, persecution, ridicule, 
discomfort. And so his mates urge him not to go there. Uh, The reaction of his companions is really quite natural, isn't it? You can imagine their arguments, can't you? Paul, don't go. We need you here. Paul, don't go. You're you're too much of a resource and an asset for the kingdom to be locked away. Paul, don't go. You're better off alive, not dead. Paul, don't go. You've got to look after yourself first. But nothing works. Paul is set on what God has called him to do. And it's not because he's being blissfully unaware. He's well aware of it. And it's not just because he's being stubborn and really wants to prove them all wrong, so he's digging his heels in. It's not because he has some kind of a martyr complex. No, Paul is going to go to Jerusalem and face the persecution because he has the courage from knowing the truth of the gospel. He knows that suffering and hardships are the normal part of the Christian life. He also knows that his eternity is secure because of the resurrection of Jesus and that nothing can take that away. He also knows that Jesus is the sovereign Lord and that the command is to follow him and serve him, even if that means difficulty. And so all these fruits of the gospel and the commands of the gospel gives him the courage to go. So chapter 21, verse 13. Then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but to also die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. I find it all too easy to settle for a comfortable Christianity. Wanting all the fruits of the gospel and all the comforts of the gospel, but not the commands. Reserving parts of my life just for myself instead of giving my all for Jesus. And I haven't done any research on this. I haven't really polled anybody, but I'm fairly sure that I might have some friends in this area here of treating the gospel like an added extra in our life or only getting to growth in it or or gathering with God's people in it when it's convenient or just getting so busy in life that we simply schedule God out of the picture completely and telling ourselves that we'll get back to him when life settles down. But Paul didn't procrastinate. Paul didn't cordon off sections of his life and put up a no-access sign in front of them for God. No, the gospel gave Paul courage to give his all for Jesus. God's glory above his own. God's purposes above his own comfort. God's mission above his own ways. And Paul's courage isn't just unique to him, The same gospel courage has flooded through generations of Christians who have stood up for Jesus and even been put to the sword for proclaiming him. And that same gospel courage can be ours today. We don't need to read another book to have it or to read an article about it or to 
be a superhuman to have it. No, we can simply revel into the utter graciousness and love and kindness of our great God. Being renewed in and refreshed in constantly the amazing grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then how can we not serve Jesus just like Paul as we realise more and more how he has served us? How can we not have courage as we realise more and more just how much courage Jesus had facing his own death on our behalf? How can we not give our whole lives over to our Lord and Saviour and say, your will be done over every minute, every creature comfort, every possession, when he has given completely himself for us? We can do this because we know that the gospel is true. It's real. Now, when Paul got to Jerusalem, he eventually went to the temple was recognised by some of the Jewish leaders who were there from Asia, and they weren't happy. They stirred up a riot. Look at me at chapter 21, verse 30. The whole city was aroused, and the people came running from all directions. Seizing Paul, they dragged him from the temple, and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him... News reached the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in uproar. He at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. When the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Uh, the prophecies of the people and Agabus proved correct. Paul has almost been killed. He's now in the hands of the commander in order to protect him from those crowds. What does he do next? Well, he asks the commander if he could speak to the same crowds that tried to lynch him. He speaks the gospel truth to them. Uh, lately, I've been getting into the show Australian Survivor. Uh, the basic premise of the show is to survive by... Uh, either side getting voted out by either winning different challenges or somehow convincing your tribe not to vote you out that week. Uh, the way that you can go about this is through various different social skills or mostly by flat out lying to and manipulating your fellow uh, tribal members. But what makes it interesting and fun is that when somebody knows all about all the conversations, they know the truth that they are safe, and this gives them a certain amount of happiness and hubris. Uh, knowing the truth that you're going to be surviving for another couple of days, that you are one step closer to that half a million dollars of prize money, gives them a certain skip in their step. But ramp that up, and knowing that your eternity is secure, and knowing that your identity is secure, well, that shouldn't just give us a skip in our step, but a hop and a jump as well. And we can know this truth that our future is secure because Christ rose from the dead. Paul knew this. Paul proclaims this. He knew the truth of the gospel. He knew the truth of the resurrection. And he doesn't use the truth to try and save his own bacon, nor does he manipulate the facts to make himself look good. 
But before the crowds that tried to kill him, he tells them plainly about his encounter with the risen Lord. Uh, He tells them about his experience on the way to Damascus. He tells them how he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, how he was even involved in persecuting the very Christians. He tells them what he saw and he heard when he encountered the risen Lord Jesus. He tells them that there are other eyewitnesses to this event. He tells them that he was sent to preach the good news. Paul knew that this was all true. He he knew that Jesus had claimed to be the Son of God, the one sent from him, the Lord of all, and was going to come again to judge. And he knew that the resurrection was the big, fat yes and tick of approval to all those promises. And knowing this truth didn't just give Paul some hope, but an amazing boldness and confidence to preach the gospel from. He's telling the crowds, this Jesus is really alive. This Jesus really is who he said that he was. He also says that my life, from going from persecuting Christians to being a leader of the Christians, is proof of that. Nothing could change that apart from a divine intervention. Yes, knowing the truth changes Everything. It changes lives. It can change our lives. Because knowing the truth that Jesus is Lord of all should give us all comfort. That, that He is the one who is controlled, that He has defeated the powers of sin and death. Knowing that Jesus is Lord of all should give us peace knowing that he is the one who knows us intimately, personally, our inmost thoughts, our deepest desires, and loves us the same and cares for us. Knowing this truth should give us hope that even the worst were to happen, even if we were to die, we will never die because our resurrection and eternal life has been secured in his life. So then, all these put together, knowing the truth, should give us the courage to proclaim, even into the most hostile of situations. Knowing that this news isn't just for us, but is for the whole world. And that even if we were to be ridiculed and harmed, we can know that we are standing in the truth of the crucified and risen Lord. This isn't a truth among others. This isn't a truth that's up for grabs. This isn't just Michael Calder's reality. No, this is the reality for all believers. For everyone here today. For everybody who turns to Jesus Christ as Lord. Uh, Once again, the crowds didn't really appreciate Paul's message. Acts chapter 22, verse 22. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him. He is not fit to live. Uh, Meanwhile, the commander, whose main job was to keep the peace, uh, doesn't know why there's all this stuff happening. 
He wants answers, and so he turns to rough tactics. He has Paul interrogated and flogged. Uh, these floggings would have not have only just really hurt, but could often leave people paralysed or even dead. Uh, Paul doesn't panic, though. He simply reveals that he is a Roman citizen, and with Roman citizenship comes some protections, including not being flogged without a trial. The very next day, with these events fresh in his mind... Uh, Paul gets put in front of the members of the Sanhedrin, the ruling Jewish council. And he does the same thing as he did before, telling them about the truth of the resurrection. So, Acts uh, 23, verse 6. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Once again, this doesn't go down too well, and for the third time in the space of two days, Paul was almost torn to pieces by the crowds. Now, just imagine being Paul at this time. He's been almost killed on three different occasions. He's been telling people about the truth of the resurrection. And as far as he could tell, there has been little to no fruit. What's more, he's currently in chains being held captive. It doesn't really seem like a particularly fruitful season, does it? It doesn't seem like maybe this was the best path for Paul. Maybe his companions were right. But no... God has Paul right where he wants him. The Lord is still with Paul. 23 verse 11. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Now, how comforting this must have been for Paul knowing that God was with him in the chaos and in the the mess that had happened to him over the past couple of days. Now, on some of our front lines and in life, our witness among people may seem ineffective. It may seem like people just have no appetite for Jesus. It, It may be lonely, hard, frustrating. can sometimes wonder, uh, why has God got us here in this season? What is God's plan here? Now, whilst we don't have the exact details of God's plan for our next hour, our purpose is still clear. To keep on living for him showing people by our lives and telling people by our words his amazing love for them and his amazing glory and power. And as we go about this, by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with us in the best of times and in the worst of times. As we continue on in the long line of people who have been transformed by Jesus, being his witnesses going from Jerusalem all those years ago in the first century to the ends of the earth here in Australia 
2,000 years later. Yes, history is littered with stories of courageous people, including people like Paul. But also we too can have the same courage. The courage to live for Jesus in our everyday lives, the the courage to be different on our front lines, the courage to share about Jesus in words. And you might be thinking, well, Michael, I'm just not that type of person. I'm not amazing. I'm not a superhuman like Paul. I I feel quite ordinary, actually. (laughs) Well, guess what? You don't have to be a superhuman. Paul wasn't a superhuman. And this type of courage doesn't come from just trying really hard to be better. No, not at all. This courage arises from knowing the truth that Jesus is Lord, that he has rescued us from the grips of our own sin, that he has defeated and destroyed the power of death in his resurrection. And then this good news then gives us compassion on those who don't know him, seeing them as helpless and lost in need of a saviour. This good news then gives us the strength to proclaim, knowing that if we are ever ridiculed, that the world ridiculed Jesus first. This good news then gives us hope that even if the worst was to happen, that nothing can take us away from God's powerful hand. This good news then gives us courage to dedicate our whole lives to him, knowing that he is already the Lord of all, that he is the one who has given us is life for us. Isaac Watts uh, wrote these words in the brilliant hymn, which we're just about to sing as well. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor content on all my pride. With the whole realm of nature mine that would be an offering far too small. Love that's so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, how can we thank you enough for the joys, the fruits, the amazingness of what you have done for us in Jesus. Jesus, who is Lord of all. Jesus, who has died taking away our sin and has risen again, defeating the grip of death. And so, Heavenly Father, we pray that as we go out this week, help us to have the same courage as Paul did, the courage to stand in your truth, the courage to live differently and to live for you and the courage to tell people about just how great you are. And in the midst of this, we pray that you would give us hope, that you would give us peace, that you would give us comfort, that you would help us to remember that you are with us even in the darkest of times and that 
whatever happens, that you still love us, you still care for us, and that we are still your people in this world. So we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast from St. Bart's. To learn more or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au.